I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Llewellyn Melnick, author of Rooted, uh, How I Stay Small, Town Strong, When Life Gets Hard and How You Can Too, a guide to finding joy, learning from struggle, and coming together one season at a time. Former broadcast journalist and now farmer Llewellyn Melnick has personalized the plight of mental health issues as they affect our rural farming population. Complete with a music playlist that helped her get through, she shares the excruciating isolation of being a farmer in her new book. Not to mention the hours spent on her farm that separated her from the support she needed while suffering from depression and anxiety. Starting in her teens, her struggle was unbearable enough to even have her uh, consider suicide. Besides humor and a vivacious attitude, she turned to her love of music. And in 2021, she facilitated a mental health problem called Talk, Ask, Listen. She worked as a reporter and anchor at CKX-TV in Brandon, Manitoba, before focusing on farming alongside her husband and family. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Llewellyn. Oh, it's nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, you're a broadcaster and a farmer, and I have to say, most people don't realize that, well, first of all, farming in Canada and the United States is one of the number one industries and all of what goes along with that depression, isolation, and the effect that it has on families. Uh, I actually live with someone who was in the agribusness and he, uh, you know, was telling me about, uh, I was interviewing you for the book and he's absolutely right on target. It's pretty scary stuff. People think that all of the anxieties and depressions and all of the stressors are in our cities and don't realize that the isolation that comes from running a farm and and also trying to make a living uh, is one of the most difficult occupations uh, in in well I'm say the United States and Canada. So anyway, I'm going to stop talking. Um, let's start with your experience as a reporter and uh, and farmer. Yeah, so you are right. Agriculture is one of the top five occupations with some of the highest rates of death by suicide. Um, and that is basically what I refer to a lot in my book. So I'm a farmer in Canada. Um, we grow wheat and canola here for the majority of our crops. We farm in Manitoba. And um, so I wrote this book basically to speak to those statistics. Um, a survey in Canada here in 2020 found that 45% of farmers reported high stress 58% were classified with levels of anxiety and 35 with depression. So I know that I am not alone, um, but I also know that there's not a lot of discussion or storytelling that comes out of the agriculture industry and you hear very little about the people who are struggling. What, so, well, I want to stop um, you there. Why do you book. think that is? Why do you think that we, you're absolutely right. If, if you ask probably, you know, people like, you know, do you have, are you aware of the struggles of, of farmers here uh, in our country and in, in Canada? Most of them would probably say no. Uh, I mean, they would have a totally different perception. Yeah, that, uh, you know, it's ideal. I, agree. I think, I yeah, think go you're on. totally right. I think that, um, I think that 
we get painted um, as this beautiful, serene lifestyle, and it is. Don't get me wrong. It absolutely is. It's beautiful, and it's wonderful. Um, but I think in the storytelling of being a farmer, a lot of the stuff that gets lost is what actually comes into the day-to-day things and the stress that you deal with. And um, I think that that gets lost. And there's kind of a bias when it comes to rural storytelling because not a lot of rural stories get told. And I think that's just purely because um, there's – not a big market out there. I think a lot of people just go to the grocery store and buy their food and they don't really um, know or understand really where their food comes and comes from. And so um, I wanted to share my story um, basically to advocate for agriculture, but also to share my story for people who are working in agriculture, because um, I think there's a culture that we don't talk about stuff and we are tough and we don't share that we struggle and that somehow has stuck in our industry and not the case struggles and we all do things. And so I found it really important that I need to talk about these things. I myself have experienced suicide with people close to me and I myself have struggled. And so I know that, you know, if you hear someone else's story, it is really helpful to hear what somebody else went through and know that you aren't alone. And so that's kind of my mission with this book is that you can struggle and it's okay to talk about those things, but here's some, also some tips from experts about how to get some help or how to help yourself. If you need help, if you're in isolation and you don't have things around you. So that's kind of what this book is about. So what do you do when you're in isolation? Because you got to the point of considering suicide and uh, that that's, you know, in terms of your mental health. Uh, so how, first of all, how did you get to that point in the context of your own uh, loneliness and isolation? And then how did how did you save yourself? Um, so yeah, I dealt with depression years old. Um, I grew up on a farm in the eighties, so um, not no. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but in the eighties there was a farm crisis, and um, the economic situations on a lot of farms in Canada and the U.S. they just weren't good, and so um, many farms were trying basically just to survive and stay on the map. Um, lots of people were trying not to lose their farm. Unfortunately, a lot of family were was able to keep farming through the eighties, even though it was um, tough times. And that is the time when I was growing up. So um, you can imagine that that plays on the whole family, right? In being a farm family, you're involved in everything on the farm. So as a child, I experienced that as well as the isolation of being in rural Manitoba, which um, you don't have a lot to things to draw on. Um, And so I found the depression was um, really scary at 12 years old because first off, you don't really know why you feel that way at 12 and you're not really educated on, on what is happening. You just know you feel really crappy. And so um, at that time I had to sit down and have a discussion with my mom about how I was feeling, which was super difficult because um, first off, I didn't know why. And second of all, I felt guilty, right. To tell my mom that I, you know, I don't want to live anymore and I feel awful and, and I didn't know what to do. And so um we struggled through and my mom advocated for me and found whatever help she could get for me and did, we did the best we could. And so um, I write about that in my book about just finding help where you can find it. And sometimes it's not easily accessible, but there are things you can do um, if 
if you need help. And so a lot of the things I talk about is healthy habits, so nutrition and exercise and connection. And Llewellyn, and can, I just want to bring you I, back because you felt comfortable enough to go to your mother, which is a real plus. Obviously, a lot of kids don't feel that comfortable, but uh, was so I'm assuming at 12 that some of the anxiety was coming from your mother or your parents or your family, uh, the fear of losing the farm uh, and that you experienced that. Uh, and so, but still you were able to go to her and to talk to her and be honest about your feelings. Yeah, it, it definitely was hard. And so I think that's kind of where the guilt came in, right? Like I didn't want to blame them per se or blame the farm, but let's be honest, all of those things play into Experimenters play into how we react to things. And so definitely I was like a sponge, right? So taking all those things in, kind of bearing that uh, and feeling those things and and dealing with it, even as a child, I understood the sacrifices that uh, as a family we were making. And, and um, it was, it was very uh, emotional for sure to deal with all those things. Yes. And I'm assuming she was, what was, I'm not going to make an assumption, her reaction, you said she helped you, she want, you did, were able to get help, even, even though you, yeah, yeah. so I think she was really great, such a great advocate for me, and she was willing to do anything um, that I needed, and take me to doctor, take me for tests, and um, so that was great, and I'm really lucky that I had, had her doing that for me, um, and it, it, you know, was a time when there wasn't a lot of mental health support. So we were kind of grasping at straws and trying to find anybody who could help us. And luckily we had a good pediatrician a couple hours away who um, gave us some tips and helped us out a little bit. So um, we got there, um, albeit on a bumpy road, but um, that's, that's kind of how it goes. I'm very thankful that, you know, things are different now. And I think there are more resources for families and for kids who are struggling, which is great because I think, um, I don't think the stress has gone away and I think kids deal with probably even more now, um, you know, with social media and with electronics and things. So, um, I'm happy to see that we are countering that with some more mental health support. Well, uh, you've, you've said, and, uh, that you are a journalist by trade and a farmer by choice. So even given your experience as a child in the depression and suicidal thoughts and all of those kinds of things, you are still a farmer by choice and live on a farm with your husband and two children, um, which is, you didn't move to the city. You decided to go and move to Toronto or whatever. You stayed on the farm, right? Or you are cho- still yeah. choose, yeah, despite the challenges. Yeah, I say farm for sure. I say farmer by choice because you're right. I did move to the city and I was a broadcast journalist. Yeah. And um, then I decided to move back to the farm. Um, I married a man who was farming a couple hours away. And um, I talk about that in my book, about that struggle, about that decision, about, you know, I, I have a path. I am a broadcast journalist and I, I could have moved to Toronto. Absolutely. And that, that definitely was one of my options to move to the city. And But I know that I was... Um, definitely tied to nature and tied to the farm and, and really had a commitment to my husband uh, or soon to be husband and moved back to the farm, even knowing my past and even knowing uh, the things that I struggled with and knowing that that was, um, I would be faced with that again. But honestly, um, in my book, that's, 
I guess why you can say we called it rooted because I am really rooted in in rural Manitoba and really rooted in the farm life and and it is the right right choice for me even despite all of those things and so um, that's about why it's so great why it's so great to be on the farm yeah there's these things and there's these struggles but it, it really is a great lifestyle and it really is. Uh, an important and big responsibility to have a farm and to feed people and to produce food. And so um, a lot of my book is advocating for mental health, but it's also just to open people's eyes about what it's like to be on the farm and to advocate for that life as well. What's the difference between farming when you grew up and now farming as an adult with your husband and your kids? Any Are, are there any big differences uh, just in terms of the way you run farms, uh, you know, cultural differences, you know, political stuff, all because it's, you know, we're talking, what, 20, 30 years. So what is what are the differences now? Absolutely. There's huge differences. Um, yeah. So uh, on our farm, we have a family farm. And so um, we farm with my sister-in-law and my nephew and his partner and also my mother-in-law. So um um, and we have actually more women than men on our farm. And so that's kind of an unusual structure. Um, traditionally, you know, that um, when people are talking about farmers, they talk about men. And lots of times I hear people say, oh, you're a farmer's wife. Well, no, I'm not a farmer's wife. I'm a farmer as well. And that is my career, just like it is my husband's career. And so I think that has really changed in the last um, few decades. And that's kind of... Um, a big difference that I see, I I didn't really have much to do with helping out on our farm as a child, to be honest. And and here at this farm, I have a lot to do with it because it's my it's my farm and it's ours. And um, it is it is something that um, it is a family farm. And so my kids are involved um, just as equally as we are involved. And everybody does stuff together and um, works together. And that's kind of what makes it great too. Is it great for your kids? Okay, you've got two kids. How old are your kids? And how do they feel about being on a farm and being part of a family farm? As you say, they're an integral part of it. They actually work and help out and are, you know, part of the everyday activities, I guess. Or, um, so, well, first of all, how old are they? So um, my son is 11 and my daughter is 12. And, yeah, they have some chickens on the farm and they do help out. Um, but we also find it important that they are taking time to do sports and spend time um, doing extracurricular activities um, and being surrounded with friends. That connection I talk about in my book is really important to have a good support system around you. And I know that um, perhaps I didn't have that when I was younger um, or didn't have the support system and being isolated can can really be um, a hard thing for kids. And so um, recognizing that we've kind of tried to help our kids um, do those extracurricular activities, do the sports, and balance that with their farm work as well because um, they have to know how to do both. And um, everybody talks about balance. Well, balance is is a hard thing on the farm. And so um, you have to kind of pick and choose what you're going to do, but you also know that you have to do both things. So um, my kids know that if they need to clean out the chicken house that that's on their chore list for Saturday, they're going to go clean the chicken house. And so um, we've kind of raised them knowing that they have responsibilities here, but they also shouldn't isolate themselves here and they should have a good support system outside of the farm. And so I think that has been great for them and, and we encourage them to be involved as, as much as they can be. 
So how does that relate to, and I think I mentioned this in the intro, that you facilitated a mental health program called Talk, Act, Ask, Listen. Um, tell us about Talk, Act, Listen. What is it? So what it is is a program that is put on by a national organization here called the Do More Agriculture Foundation. It's um, a national foundation across Canada. So um, there would be similar ones in the States, I assume, but that's the one I'm familiar with. And what they offer is a couple of mental health programs, and they run them every year in different communities. Um, and Talk, Ask, Listen is basically teaching farmers what to look for. So we know that the percentage or the, the stats uh, that I shared earlier in the show about stress and anxiety and depression on the farm are common. And so that basically that class is to teach people um, what to look for if you're struggling, but also what to look for if your neighbor or somebody you know is struggling, and then also offer tools about how to help them and what you can do for them. And it is also to encourage open communication. So they want people to be talking more and sharing their stories more and get rid of the stigma about mental health because they know that people struggle, but they also know that there's not enough talking about it. So they want people to share their stories so that when they do need help, someone can recognize it or they know where to go for help. And so that program has been really great. They also teach another one called Mental Health First Aid, which is, um, I haven't taken that one yet, but also um, kind of helps people know what to do if you're in a critical situation with somebody who is uh, in a bad place mentally. So um, both those courses, I think, have been really valuable, and I know that they continue to do them. And um, today actually is Agriculture Day here in Canada. So um, it's, it's great that they have that organization, and they're a very good advocates for that. So it's the Agricultural Day in Canada today. Uh, what's happening? What what is, what's the celebration? So it's just basically to bring awareness to farmers and farm families and food production here in our country. Um, we know that, like I said, rural storytelling sometimes gets lost, and so. Um, it's great that people just on this day feel safe to just share their story and share about their farm and tell a little bit more about what they do and spread the word. Are are you ever surprised by people's stories? I mean, because you've lived it. You lived it as a child. You lived on the farm. Now you have your family farm. And then when you hear other people's stories, are you always, is is there always something new in the story? Maybe something that you haven't experienced that's different, that's been very different, that has been different for you? Yeah, Um, I'm always surprised when I hear a story of another farmer who's committed suicide. I won't even say surprised, but, um, you're always caught off guard because lots of times you can say, I had no idea that person was struggling. Like I had no clue. And that is really the problem. If we can't talk about things and the result is suicide, I don't think that a, a sacrifice we should be making. Um, we can talk about our feelings and, and we need to do that. And so I, I'm not ever surprised if somebody shares a story with me that they're struggling. I am supportive and I love hearing other people's stories. Like I said, I think it kind of um, helps us each go through our own things when we hear other people's stories. I think it's really troubling when we don't hear them. Um, and that's, that's when we see these stats about suicide. And when you hear other people's stories, it seems to me there's also a second part of that. There may be kids who grow up on a farm 
and uh, are depressed or anxious or have been engaged or in, in running a family farm, but it's really not for them. And uh, do these programs uh, help them to like maybe let go? Maybe this isn't for you. Maybe you don't have the personality or you don't have, this is not just something that you should be, one should be, you should be doing um, and that they have to uh, perhaps not do that and, and, and let, and move on to something else. I think that is a great point. And you're right. There are some people who might say this is not for me. And honestly, I said that when I was younger and um, I have since (laughs) embraced it, but there are people who really don't want to farm and and that's okay. Um, I think that if you're pressured into it and you don't want to do it, that comes with a whole boatload of problems. And so you're right. I I think generationally people think, well, if you grow up on a farm, you're going to continue farming. And a lot of the time that's true just because of the way the structure is set up and generationally that's the way you grow a farm. But um, if there is somebody who doesn't want to farm, then yeah, that's going to play on their mental health for sure. And they have to do what's right for them. That's a very individual decision and um, being self-aware about what it is that you want and being vocal about that is super important. And, you know, sometimes even just the structure of the farm is something that is a contention for people. So sometimes structuring the farm in a certain way helps um, families, you know, deal with certain things that they're dealing with and, and that can help too. But yeah, you're absolutely right. If, it, if it's not the lifestyle, then, you, you know, you shouldn't be forced into it for sure. Well, the title of your book, uh, Rooted, you are rooted in the farm. You did come back to it. You know that's what you want to do. That's your passion. Like with your own kids, are you always aware? Maybe one of them wants to stay, maybe both of them, or uh, or maybe neither of them. And how does that, how do you feel about that? Yeah, we often talk about that. And so um, we always tell the kids, if you want to farm, you will absolutely be helped to get farming here. Um, And that goes for both my son and my daughter. And they know that that is an option for them. But they also know that if they don't want to, they have an option to do other things as well. And so we're always vocal with them about what it is that they will decide they want to do. And ultimately, that's going to be their choice for sure. So, um I am probably not going to push them in either direction, but of course we're going to encourage whatever it is that they choose. Yeah, I think family businesses are tough at best, farming or even in any of other industries of letting go of perhaps the kids or or siblings or whomever doesn't want to be a part of it. Um, So that's a challenge too. We only have a few minutes left, so uh, give us a website and or websites we can go to for more information about the book and the work you're doing. Sure. So um, you can go to my website. It is www.llewellynmelnick.com. You will see information on my book there. You can purchase my book there. Um, My book is not quite in stores in Canada yet. We had a, a a big kind of breakdown on our our. Indigo system here. So we're having trouble getting it into stores, but it is available on my website. It will be up on Amazon very soon. And again, it's called Rooted, How to Stay Small Town Strong When Life Gets Hard and How You Can Too. 
And um, I also want to mention there is uh, a little bit in the book um, that you mentioned earlier, and it's a playlist. And so it, it plays a lot of music. And so at the beginning of the, the book, there is a QR code that listeners can scan and follow along and listen to the song cues in the book. And so um, that makes it kind of fun as well. And I think it's uh, one of the greatest attributes of it. So something to look forward to. Great. Exciting work. It's um and I've been talking to author of Rooted, Llewellyn Melnick, How I Stay Small, Small Town Strong, When Life Gets Hard, and How You Can Too, A Guide to Finding Joy, Learning from Struggle. I think the learning from struggle is a key. And coming together one season at a time. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It was great. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 